I don't know how to describe it other than like like a demon type of sound. But it's silhouetted, hulking, every bit of five and a half feet wide, 13 to 14 foot tall, pitch black. The one thing that ran through my mind when I had this encounter was I don't have a big enough gun. Your host, two-time witness and field researcher for more than 40 years, William Jevning. Welcome to Creek Devil. Afterwards, how's that sound? That sounds good to me. All righty. Well, um, I delivered magazines at the time, and I was leaving Tuscumbia, Florence, Alabama area, and heading over to Corinth, Mississippi. And uh, I was behind. I normally wouldn't make that trip at the time that I was making it. Um, but uh, we'd had some really bad weather. It was stormy. Uh, it had gotten dark early, actually. You know, this was in, I, I believe, late July of 2013 when this happened. Um, <clears throat> anyways, uh, the serpentine belt on my Dodge Sprinter, big, cargo van broke and I knew as soon as it happened because I lost power steering I knew what was wrong it was it's something that actually happened quite a lot with those vehicles or the ones I drove um so I just pulled over on the side of the road I called into the office they arranged for me a tow truck that's going to be a while before you can get to where I'm at and now by this time it's gotten fully dark um it was still raining um and there was another thunderstorm approaching but um Anyways, I decided to get in the back of the vehicle and start straightening out some of my magazines, getting ready for my, my next deliveries and stuff like that. So I hung a flashlight up from the ceiling, and uh, I'm back there working, and it was, it was really hot. So I slid the side cargo door open to get some air in there. And the way it was leaned, the truck was leaning because I was over in, in on, on the side of the road, most of the rain was not coming in. so. You know, it wasn't too bad of an arrangement. I didn't feel, but anyways, I'm working and, uh, I had to, I had to urinate. So I stand up at the cargo door, the backside of the cargo door, and I'm actually just kind of leaned, just, you know, urinating out the door. And I hear a, a chuff or a snort or kind of like when a horse makes that noise with their lips, you know, and my first thought was a deer because I'd seen a lot of deer in that area in my travels. And, uh, I used to pass by there every three weeks, in fact. Um, but, uh, I stick my head out because I'm thinking, surely there's not a deer out in this stuff right here, you know? And I was looking face to face with all I can call is a monster. I don't know what this thing was. It was, at about eye level to me, of course, I'm standing up in the vehicle, so that would have made it about close to eight foot tall, seven to eight foot um, was my guess. And it scared me. So I, I stumbled backwards and I fell over a bunch of plastic cargo totes that I had sitting behind me. And when I fell backwards, I ended up against the back of the driver's seat sitting on some of those totes or laying across those totes. I carried a pistol and I usually kept it clipped to the side of the driver's seat, just hanging down out of sight, you know. I'm reaching around with my left hand trying to trying to find the pistol 
And this thing stuck its head in the door. And the look on its face, the, the, the feeling, the thought in my mind was I've been messed up because that's, that's just how he looked to me. I, I was afraid. I finally get my hands on my pistol and I pull it out, but I'm trying to pass it to my right hand. And when I pointed the pistol at this thing, his eyes got really big, his mouth, he pursed his lips out in the shape of a big O and he made this whoo noise. It was really loud. I mean, especially in that cargo area, it rattled the panels on the inside of the van, you know. And it pulls its head out and, and it's it makes another growl or, or I guess I could call it a growl. I don't know what that noise was, but it pulls away from the door. I'm trying to pull the trigger at this time, but nothing's happening. And I realized I had to slide locked on my pistol and I, I'm trying to get that off. And about the time I do, I start trying to scramble up and that's when it, it took off running at a diagonal angle from where it was behind the vehicle toward the front of the vehicle, toward the wood line, which was about 30 or 40 yards away. So I stand up in the door and that, there was a one of those bright flashes of lightning that lasts for several seconds. That's when I saw there wasn't one, there was three others with it. And they were all making tracks to the wood line. Well, I just emptied the pistol in their general direction. I, I don't think I hit anything. I don't, I was shaking so bad. I doubt I could have hit anything, but then I got worried about my pistols empty. So I scrambled back up to the front seat and I'm trying to find my spare magazine and I finally get it and I reload the pistol. And I decided then and there that I'm not sitting here any longer. Um, I was about a mile, maybe not quite a mile from Tishomingo County High School. I believe the highway is 72, 71 or 72. I'm not sure. I can't remember, but it's a, it's a big four lane highway, you know, uh, but it was kind of deserted, I guess, because of the weather that night, there wasn't a lot of traffic on that road. And, uh, I jumped, I jumped back in and tried slamming the door several times and I finally got it to shut. I get in the driver's seat. I knew I still had battery power because I hadn't run the thing. I cranked it up and I drove to Burnsville, Mississippi, which I believe was about eight miles away. Um, but I drove it there with no power steering, no headlights, no wipers, just, just driving. Um, I think I did pop the emergency flashes on or something, but I pull into a gas station and uh, I sat there for a minute and I called my boss and told him that I had moved the truck because I didn't like, I didn't tell him why. I just told him I wasn't comfortable on the side of the road there, so I drove to a store. And he gave me the number to the tow, tow truck operator and said, just make sure I call him and tell him where I'm at. And I called him and he was 15, 20 minutes away. He said he'd be there in just a few minutes. Well, he shows up and, uh, we load up and he, he takes me to Corinth and drops me off at a hotel, um, drops my truck off there. They're going to have somebody from the office. They're going to bring me a new truck. They ended up bringing me a new truck the next day and took that one back to be repaired. But anyways, um, 
that 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 was pretty much it. it it really messed me up for a while after that happened um hey tracy i, can I couldn't pop in with a question real quick sure we, we had talked about this um while you had the encounter with the truck did you get a look at the creature's teeth at all yes um that picture of that uh, benjamin benjamini has in his book about the them and us yep. you know about how about how he thought neanderthal looked with the exception of the cat-like eyes this one just had it looked like its pupil was the size of its eye which they were huge but they were just big and dark they weren't they didn't have the cat slit eyes you know and his teeth actually looked from from my regulation just like that picture um Crooked, kind of yellowish looking. I remember his mouth was a lot wider than in that picture. So his lips. For our listeners. Um, that was the other question I want. Go ahead, Will. I was going to say for the listeners, I'm going to post that picture. The, it's It's been changed. The nose and the eyes were changed to more what what uh, T is describing. I'll put that on the, uh, the JRG Facebook page. So if anybody wants to see what he's talking about. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, that's the when I first saw that picture, I, I I ended up having a panic attack so bad that I called my sister because I thought I was having a heart attack, and she came over and you know got me calmed down. She wanted to know what what got me upset, and I I've never told any of my family about this. Uh, I've never it's just not something I want to bring up with them, you know. But um, yeah, I had issues for a while after that. When I saw that picture that Benjamin was talking about, I, it, it took me there. It took me back there, you know, where I didn't want to be to begin with, you know. You know, I got a question <clears throat> you were about to say, you're about to describe something. <clears throat> and um, it's what we've heard before from eyewitnesses that have seen the mouth, um, no lips and a mouth that goes all the way back to the, like the jaw hinge. Is that kind of that, that was well, kind of. It looked like it. It looked like his jaw was somewhat wider than in that picture, and it just looked like his mouth was a lot wider. Um, I wouldn't say going all the way back to his jawline like a dog's mouth does. It just he had a a broader a broader face, a, a broader you know a broader mouth, you know. Um, and the teeth looked bigger than human teeth. You know that I mean, mm-hmm. they were, you know, just just the 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 canines. I remember they were a little more pronounced, but not like fangs or anything. They were, you know. Oh, it did have canines. Like, it did. I did see the canines because the look on its face when it stuck its head in. It. He may have just been standing there breathing like that or he my impression was he was grinning at me that was you know that that evil grin like yeah you done messed up you know because like i said i think i urinated on him uh on his feet you may not, his you may not like that yeah and that was something i thought about later you know i mean i've known i've known a man that has a dog that if you urinate anywhere around that dog he gets really mad about it he does not like it he will go over there, scratch and urinate, and do everything. You know, I know a lot of creatures 
don't like, you know, and, and I could only figure, you know, it's, it probably didn't like it. You know, the fact that it, I was it's marking a territorial marking. Yeah. You know, his territory on his feet. And, yeah, and not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's something I thought about much later because I went over this in my head. I thought I was losing my mind. You know, I, you know, did this really happen? There's no way this really happened. That did not happen, you know. But one thing, when I was there and the tow truck driver shows up at that store, uh, he asked me, he come up with a big rollback to pick that thing up on. And he tells me, he said, if you got anything, it might fall around. You might want to shove it all to the bank. I said, well, yeah, let me get in there and do that, you know, because I don't want to spend the couple of days picking up 5,000 magazines that were dumped everywhere. So I get in there sliding all these totes to the rear of the vehicle and he gets up in there helping me and he looks at me, he says, have you had a wet dog up in here or something? And that was when I realized it, it did smell in there. And I looked down, look where he's standing and where he's standing, the floor is wet right there. And it was water, rainwater that had dripped off this thing when it stuck its head in, you know? I just said, no, I don't know what that smell is, you know, <laughs> just went on about my business and everything. But yeah, that, that was the first thing that told me that something really happened, you know, but well, that like shell said, I I was losing my mind. <laughs> you know, the showcase. Yeah. Yeah. Are, I had to pick those up because I didn't want to explain to my bosses, you know, about those. And the reason I couldn't shut the door at first, because one of the shells that it fallen down in the track and I found it and pulled it out later. You know, I kind of just tossed it. <laughs> um, you know, six months later I was using that same vehicle and I was in the back of it and I dropped my pen and it went down in that, the panel in the back of the van back there. Well, I'm feeling around in there, picking it up and I found another empty shell casing from my pistol. <laughs> wow. Uh, so yeah, you know, it happened and I've, I've learned to accept that. I've, gotten on with my life you know it's uh not the same as before i can't go in the woods and relax like i used to i'm always on alert but i do get back out uh i hunt i fish you know for real does that sound familiar to you at all it does and and you know there was something else too like with the facial expression (laughs) and it, it takes me right back to the to nick goldhammer when he was talking about uh, when he encountered the creature there and he said when he slipped on the ground apparently didn't know he was behind it until he slipped and fell on the ground and made that noise and the creature turned and he said the first thing was its eyes got real big and its head kind of went back like in surprise then it leaned forward like it was scrutinizing him and then it came forward with its hands you know um, to hurt him away but the expression was the same that kind of wide-eyed you know, kind of a look of shock in a way. Yeah, when I when when I pointed the pistol at it, I, I like I said, I was trying to pull the trigger, but nothing was happening, and, and my brain wasn't working fast enough to you know think, hey dummy, you know, unlock the slide, unlock the slide, take the safety off, you know. And, but it, the look I was looking at dead in the eyes when I, when I pointed that pistol at it, and when he saw the pistol, he got an alarm look. I mean, I, that was when I actually saw the white of its eyes. Um, it knew he, what the pistol was. It, I, that was my impression. Yes. It, it knew that that thing was dangerous. And, 
then it made that 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 really loud whoop noise. That must, I mean, that it must was, have been alert to alert the other ones. I would think for some After kind of I danger. After I saw those others, that, and I'm thinking about that lately, that that was all I could figure. It was telling them, "Hey, let's get out of here," you know, because about I'm guessing five seconds later, that's when they all broke and ran for the wood line. Forrest, um, Chuck, you guys want to jump in there? Well, I'd been trying to, but I just realized I had my phone on mute. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Not all happens. Anyway, um, yeah, I, <laughs> I think I'm gonna. Add, uh, what I'm kind of curious is, how would you describe the face? Is it uh, was it more human-like? Was it more apish? Was it a combination of the two? I'd have to say a combination. Um, it didn't. It didn't have a lot of hair on its face, like I've seen, you know, some pictures. Uh, and by the way, that Benjamini picture, its skin didn't look that black. It looked more like a brown. Well, T, I, I have a couple questions, if you don't mind. Yes, sir. Um. And you, and you might have said something about this. I, I'm not really sure. I'm I'm trying to remember. What what uh, time of the year was it when all this took place? It was um, the latter part of July, 2013. Um, I only remember that because I had had a birthday and I had taken that week off for vacation. And I had okay. I don't remember if this was my first or second second week after my vacation, but it was after my vacation. I remember I had just. Well, actually, at that time, I took staycations because I drove so much that, you know, when I took vacation time, I mostly hung around the house and went fishing and things like that, you know. But I do remember that much. It was late, late July. Probably pretty humid. That's the the rain and stuff that was probably, I can imagine being in that situation. That's kind of a scary deal. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm thinking it's just raining, storming. I was more worried about getting to a decent hotel in time to, you know, get some sleep and then get up and then truck breaks down. And then I'm like, you know, still, this is going to put me even farther behind. I'm thinking it's probably going to be Saturday before I get back that week, you know. And, right. you know, boom, guess what? <laughs> you got company. Yeah. <laughs> well, what was your... What was your thought on on Bigfoot at the time? I mean, before all this happened, I mean, had you um, were you familiar with the subject at all? Yeah, but it was something that happens only out in California, Oregon, Washington State, you know, Canada. Um, I'd seen the, <laughs> I'd seen film. the, yeah, I'd, I'd seen the Patterson Gimlin, you know, film. I'd, well, excuse me, uh, just had lunch, <laughs> um, but I'd, 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 I had. Uh, seen several shows on it, but it wasn't something that happens down here, you know, not in Alabama, you know, that doesn't, right. you know, Mississippi, no, and, you know, that's, ah, you know, and I was, I was kind of, I guess I was kind of on the fence. I was like, you know, it's possible. Anything's possible, you know, especially I had been to Washington state. Um, I was stationed at Fort Lewis TDY for, I think about four months and I got to do a little bit of traveling around Washington state and 
man, they some way out there places. <laughs> you know, you right. leave a city and five minutes later, there's nothing but woods and trees and, you know, road. And so, you know, I, I always thought, well, that's, it's possible, you know, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I was a believer or disbeliever. I just figured it's, if there's that many people seeing things like this and finding this, then, you know, there's got to be something to it, you know. I just wasn't sure what. And I had no idea they were roaming the backwoods of northern Mississippi either, you know. I just, right. I wasn't prepared for that. And that's, that, that's why, I mean, I, when I, when that happened and for a long time afterwards, I didn't, I didn't think of Bigfoot. I, I thought, I just still to this day call it a monster, you know. Um, it was, it was a monster. And, and I remember growing up, you know, hearing tales from elders, you know, about, um, <clears throat> things they call the red man, uh, the woods booger, you know, um, things like that. But we all thought it was just something to scare us young people, you know, we didn't, we didn't put a lot into it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Right. You sound well, like me when my daddy Cap used to tell me about the woolly boogers and uh, that I had to be in by uh, before the sun went down, and I, I always thought he was, you know, woolly booger is actually head. another woolly, woolly booger is actually another name I've heard, and you know, when I was a kid yeah. growing up down here, yeah. uh, that you know, I, <laughs> I had a, a great aunt who was a full blood Creek Indian, and. Uh, Whenever we would go up there, and, and I would go up there in the summer and spend about two weeks with her, you know, just because she lived way out in the sticks. There was creeks, lakes, you know, plenty of stuff to do, plenty of stuff to play in, mess around with and everything. But she would always tell us before we would leave to watch out for the people. Now, she had a name in in the creek language that she called them. I can't remember it. I can't. I couldn't ever even pronounce it then. But she had a name, and she said, it's just the people. They live in the woods, you know. She really scared us with that stuff, you know. She would, you know, tell us stories and stuff sometimes about things that, that had happened that, that she had seen. And, and we were just like, oh, Aunt Sudie's just trying to scare us, you know. She just messing with us. But, uh, yeah, I don't think she was joking now. <laughs> Can you share maybe... One or two, do you remember one or two of the stories, the details that she shared? Um, she told me a story of someone that she knew one time. Now, mind you, she, she passed away when I was about 17. So this has been 30 odd years ago. But she had told us a story one time about um, somebody who was fishing and uh, had um was gathering up what all he had caught that day and the people come out of the woods and beat him up and took his fish. And she said he was in a hospital for a long time afterwards, you know, and it was just things like that. She would tell us that they'll come into your house and they'll steal food. They'll, they'll steal things that they want, you know, Really? Um, Have we ever heard that before? Sound, that sound familiar, Forrest? <laughs> yeah, come to oh, your yeah. house, grabs food. 
they throw cans of beans at you. And <laughs> yeah. She had a, she had an actual smokehouse um, where she smoked hams. She would have hogs slaughtered and she actually smoked hams, you know, in, in her smokehouse. And she had told us over the years that there's several times that she'd go in there and the hams would be gone. You know, we, like I said, we were young kids at the time, you know, we didn't, anything, you know, coyotes might've got in there and got those hams or something like that, you know, but we never figured, well, how the hell did the coyote open that door, you know, because <laughs> that door wasn't very easy to open to a smokehouse. But yeah, um, just things like that that she told us. I I had bought a brand new football and some of the neighbor kids that lived kind of close to her, um, we would play football and uh, things like that. Well, I left my football outside one night and it disappeared. We never saw it again. And uh, when we told Aunt Sudie that, she asked why wouldn't we out playing football. I said, well, I left my football outside and it's gone. We can't find it. And she just, she just, and the football, by the way, was orange and blue. My favorite college football team, that's their colors. So it was bright orange and, and blue, you know. And she said, I bet the people got it. And I was like, yes, ma'am, probably so. You know, I just, I disagree. I didn't argue with her because you didn't win an argument with Aunt Sudie, you know. <laughs> But yeah, it was just, you know, that's one of the many things that happened back then. We just passed it off as, you know, whatever, you know, because like I said, we were kids. We didn't, you know, put much stock in things like that. We didn't, we didn't disbelieve and none of us ever saw anything or I don't recall things like that happening, you know, up there when I would go to visit her because she lives about, she lived about. 80 or 90 miles from where I live right now. And, uh, I just, I don't recall anything ever happening like that. And we had strange stuff happen, but we just pawned it off to coons, foxes, raccoons, uh, coyotes, whatever, you know, it was just something got it, <laughs> you know. Well, a couple of questions and you had mentioned, you did go into detail on it. You know, getting into the smokehouse, it does require something with intelligence and the ability to manipulate. I'm assuming a uh, door hatch or yeah, it was, it was a, a it was a wooden, just a wooden piece of two by four, and on the inside was a piece of two by four that were nailed together, and you just swung it up out of the way, and then you had to the door kind of bind in the jam. You had to kind of jerk it open because it wouldn't open to the inside. Uh, but yeah, it was. It wasn't something that a coyote could get into, you know. Um, we didn't, like I said, we never put any thought into it. But Aunt Sudie swore up and down it was the people, or those people that she called them. <laughs> it's not the only time, uh, you know, we look for uh, like these repeating patterns. And I've heard stories of other people with smokehouses where these things have gone in and stolen deer or. Uh, I think hams out of smokehouses, and it took something with hands and intelligence to manipulate to get the door open. And I think Forrest, I think you had evidence of them doing the same thing in your one of your barns. 
Well, yeah, when they got into the barn out there, I mean, um, that those those doors are on sliders, but you got they're hard to pull. I mean, you got to pull them. So something's yeah. not come, you know, uh, just it have to have something with the good force and some weight behind it to push the doors because we even have a hard time moving them. You know, the, the barn shifted through the years, and the, the sliders are real tight in there. So uh, it's like we have to uh, put put weight into it. In fact, I can't even do it anymore. Jessica has to go down there and open it up for me. So, um, But um, I do have a question about the, the – well, you said when it stuck its head in the, the, the van, mm-hmm. and it made a facial expression. Now, how how was that expression? I mean, you said it opened its did it open its mouth and show its teeth to you, or did it just lay its uh, teeth lay its mouth back and expose its teeth? When it first stuck its head in, it looked like like it was breathing hard through his mouth. You know, uh-huh. like uh-huh. just got just got his mouth open and, and breathing, but he had his lips. I wouldn't say curled back but his mouth was open enough so that I could see his teeth but when it saw the pistol his it I swear I've seen orangutans and chimpanzees on TV do this where they make their mouth into like a big O shape and go and stuff like that that was kind of how his face looked when he saw the pistol and he let out that really loud whoop noise Um, but it never, it didn't do a lip flip like I've seen orangutans and, and stuff do. It just, like it just, like I said, like it, like it was breathing hard out of its mouth, through its mouth, when he stuck uh-huh. his head in, because I could actually hear him breathing, uh, uh-huh. you know. But, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't recall other than just the look on its face, it looked aggressive to me, you know, uh-huh. especially the way it kind of looked like it was grinning, if you know what I mean. Like, Yeah, I know exactly y- what you y- mean. And, and, and the look in the eyes is what always gives them away. What I need to do is I've sent Will, and Will knows what I'm talking about, some different uh, videos of, uh, uh, you know, fear grimaces and then uh, open, <laughs> actually open, aggressive uh, looks that, that monkeys and apes can give and I, I'll send them to you and maybe you can kind of uh, um, identify something close to that you know that that might give you an idea as to what he was uh, what was what he was thinking if that's possible sure so, I'd, I'd be glad to yeah. I mean you know mm-hmm. I'm all up for learning now uh, for a long time yeah. I, I just wanted to deny it happened but now yeah I'm, I'm into it now I'm, I'm I want to know more. You know? Yeah, so, the look in yeah. the eyes is always what gives it away, though. I mean, the, the the eye. It's just like people. You know, you can tell by looking at a, a human's eyes, uh, whether they're being aggressive or, uh, or what. I mean, a person can smile at you, and you can look at the eyes, and the eyes are dead, and you know they're not really smiling. <laughs> yeah, that that was that was from, I mean, because I was looking at dead in the eyes, and the uh, like I said, when I was laying there trying to get my pistol, the thought in my head was it was conveying to me, hey, buddy, you messed up. You know, it just had that look like it was it was trying to figure out what to do but couldn't decide what to do. You know what I mean? But it was just yeah. staring at me. Well, T, and, 
Like I said, I I couldn't tell the color of its eyes. They were just really dark. And, and like I said, until he widened his eyes when he saw my pistol, I didn't even know he had whites of his eyes. They were just solid, just dark and very angry looking, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, all primates have uh, sclera on their eyes. Well, actually, all animals have sclera on their eyes. You just, uh, uh, the, the degree of how much they open them as to, as to whether you'll see them or not, or see it, excuse me. Well, T, you had some. Sclera, the whitest, the whitest called sclera, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You had a lot of really interesting things you told me that happened after that time. Um, would you like to talk about that? No, uh, yeah, sure. Um, 2015, um, I moved to Ohio and went to work for some family that I have living up there. And uh, <clears throat> several months after I moved up there, I got a an email from a company down here that I had been trying to get hired on with for several years. You know, I I had just sent them another resume right before I moved up to Ohio. Well, I ended up moving back down to Ohio and I'm mean, moving back down to Alabama and taking that job. And it was for a company that contracted contracted for maintenance of U.S. Army Corps of Engineer facility uh, down here, and pretty big facility. And I got him put put in charge of uh, the construction crew. We did um, repairs, maintenance, built buildings, built picnic shelters, built um, boat ramps, boat docks. You know we pretty much anything that had to be constructed. The only thing we did not do was actual concrete work. We, we subcontracted out to an outside contractor, but yeah. Um, and a lot of these parks, you know, they, some of them you'll see are, are, are fairly crowded, fairly regular, but there are a lot of parks around that place. And, uh, they all belong to the Corps of Engineers. Even those that were closed, we had to do, you know, routine maintenance, um, go in, just check things out, repair anything that's wrong, um, things like that. But they would get ready to reopen certain parts that were closed and they would come in and, and have us, you know, build new, new restroom facilities, things like that, you know, but, um, yeah, one of my crews were, going into a park to do some finish work on they we were remodeling a a restroom facility re, you know you knew new plumbing fixtures knew everything inside it and all <clears throat> but they were going in to finish up and uh they unlocked the gate because this park wasn't open at that time of day they they opened it at like eight and they got there around seven to go to get busy working and two SUVs sped past them when they opened the gate up, you know, and they're like, well, what the hell was that? You know, they just said, Oh, well, you know, let's go get busy. Well, they go around there to get busy and these people confront them and tell them they need to get out of there. They didn't need to be there. And one of the, one of my guys said, he remember him flashing a badge. Uh, he said he didn't see what it was. They just told him, he said they were all wearing, you know, like dress shirts and, and stuff like that. Well, he left. They left. And when they got back up to the front gate, they were debating whether or not to lock it. And a park ranger, young guy, he was kind of a stickler for the rules, you know, kind of 
you don't get no slack cut, you know, from me. You know, he was Johnny on it, you know, if you know what I mean. Well, he says, okay, I'll take care of this. Well, they sit there and waited, and he comes back out about 10 minutes later, and he told them, he said, I don't know who them people are, he said, but we're doing what they said. Let's get out of here now. He said, don't go back there. Don't, don't. He said, whatever they say, do. He said, I just got my butt chewed in ways I didn't realize they could chew it and threatened. He said, and I'm not having anything else to do with them, you know? And, um, they said, okay. So they drove down the road to a gas station and called me. And I was five minutes from there at the time. So I said, I'll meet you there. You know, while we're sitting there in the parking lot talking, those two SUVs went flying by. I remember one was a dark blue color and one was a dark gray color. They were like big Ford excursion SUVs, you know, big, big SUVs. And I never saw the license plates. But one of them, one of the guys said he thought they were government plates. I don't know. But I found out not to ask about that, not to ask too many things, you know. Um, but yeah, that was one of the things, one of the first things that happened up there. Um, the other though, the, the one thing that struck me right after I started there, my first two weeks maybe were spent learning the mountains of paperwork that are required when you work for the government. You know, we had forms for everything. And one of the forms in it was wildlife encounters. And that was in case somebody, you know, because civilians would come up to us and, and say, hey, there's a fox over there that's acting crazy, you know. And thinking we worked for the Corps, but we didn't. But we would still have to fill out a form and, and turn it in, you know. And uh, it was for, you know, possible rabies. Because, um, you know, a, a coyote is not going to walk up to you, you know. Uh, foxes, they're not going to. They're not going to come around people, you know. So that's what that was for. Um, <clears throat> toward the end of the the big, there was a big, huge three ring binder that had copies of of the forms in it and uh, how to fill them out and everything. And toward the back of it, there was one. And the guy that's training me, uh, I said, "Didn't we already go over this one?" Because it said strange wildlife encounters. But the form appeared about the same. Matter of fact, I remember flipping back and forth and looking. The forms were almost identical, except for the title on the top of it. And I'm pretty sure these forms were templates that the the government gave our company and said, here, print up forms like this, you know. And, of course, it would have our company name at the top of it and everything. And the company... Um, identification numbers and things like that, you know. He said, no, that one's different. He said, that's in case somebody has a strange wildlife encounter. And I said, oh, you mean kind of like somebody sees Bigfoot? And he looked up from what he was doing. He looked me at dead and I, he said, believe it or not, it happens. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I didn't I had to keep um, copies of, of all those forms in a briefcase that I kept with me in my company vehicle, you know. And uh, 
one day I go to this certain park and, uh, these people, I mean, there, there's a lot of people there. They've been having a kid's birthday party or something, but there was a restroom facility there and a big open area beside it. Well, in the middle of that open area, there was like a, a playground, you know, kids playground. And, uh, they waved me down and this woman, when I finally got him to come and just talk one at a time, this one woman said she was walking over toward the playground. And she said she looked over toward the restroom facility and she said there was somebody peeking out from behind the restroom facility. Now, believe it or not, we had forms to fill out for, you know, people doing strange stuff, you know, people under the influence or doing drugs or anything. We had forms to fill out for that too, you know. So I'm thinking that's what it is. And she says, but then all of a sudden, a monkey ran out from behind the building and ran toward the wood line past the, the playground. And I said, a monkey? She said, yeah. But she said, but then when it got to the woods, it stood up and run off on two feet. And that was the first report that I filled out about something strange. And I was questioned later by some people that one of them flashed me a Department of the Interior badge. And I was questioned about it, and I told him what the lady told me and what I had written on the report. Basically, he just held my report up in front of me. He said, is this the report you filled out? I said, yes, sir. And he said, this is your signature? I said, yes, sir. And he said, this is all she said. Yes, sir. He said, did you investigate? I said, what do you mean? He said, did you? I said, well, I walked over behind the restroom facility, but you know, it's all you know, freshly mowed grass. You know, It's not like there would be footprints and that stuff. I mean. You could drive trucks across that ground in certain places like that, and it wouldn't leave tire tracks, you know, other than in the bent blades of grass. But I said, well, I walked around there, and I looked, and I walked the direction she said it ran, but I didn't see anything. Except when we got to the wood line, that lady said, that's the limb it ducked to go under. Well, this limb was about seven foot up off the ground, and she said it had to duck its head to go under it, but it had stood up and started running and ducked its head and went under that. Well, I said, okay, you know, I write all this down and these reports were in triplicate. And every time we turned papers into the office, I remember seeing the secretaries, they would separate the forms. We kept one copy. The other copies went, were turned into the, to the government every day, you know, without fail every day we had to turn in papers. So yeah, that's a couple of the weird things that happened there. Now, you, um, you had one that was at a new restroom facility you were building with footprints. Yes, sir. <laughs> it was a park that had been closed for about 20 years. In fact, the old restroom facility had had been closed so long, the park had not been maintained at all. In fact, I only knew the park was there because it was open when I was a kid and we used to go there. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, they... they Tore down the old facility and and uh, you know had to had to dig out and grade a hill down where they wanted the restroom facility rebuilt and uh, you know they had to dig grade out a pretty good area for where they put the septic fill lines for the restroom. Well, we'd gotten the building built. Um, weather down here is a big thing. There's always a lot of rain, especially you know early spring and, and, you know, early fall, we get a lot of rainfall. And if I remember correctly, this was, this was probably around October or November of one year. 
we had had a lot of rain and we just needed to finish up on a few things before I could turn the paperwork in to have that restroom, have that job inspected by the government. In fact, the inspector was supposed to be there that day. Well, I pulled up early and the, the crew foreman was the only one there. And he walks up to me, we're standing there talking, and he says, come here, I want to show you something. Well, we walk over toward the restroom facility, and I said, it's pretty muddy, old red clay, you know, all around it, because grass hadn't started growing yet. They hadn't, matter of fact, they hadn't, hadn't even seeded it yet. <clears throat> but uh, first thing I noticed was some really big footprints, and they were all in the mud all around the building, there were muddy footprints across the concrete, you know, going into the restroom area and where the water fountain was. And, you know, he showed me this and he said, I don't, I don't suppose you feel like filling out paperwork for all this, do you? I said, no. I told him I was going to get on that tractor. And there was a tractor not far by with a box blade on it. And I said, I want you to go all around this, run over this, cover this up. While he was doing that, I got a garden hose and I started hosing down the concrete right there where the footprints were on the on the concrete, you know. So yeah, I you could see there were three different sized footprints. One was really big, I'd guess eighteen inches long, maybe. Another was just a little bit smaller, and another one was probably about twelve, fourteen inches long, maybe. But there were three distinct sets, and we covered them up, or we thought we did. <laughs> Later that day, I noticed the the inspector after he had walked around the building and 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 checked some things. I noticed him down by the wood line, which the bare dirt went just about to the wood line. But I noticed him down there kicking kicking at the ground and and looking and stuff like that, and writing on the clipboard. I I just I went on ahead and left. I had something I had to go do anyways. I didn't want to. He had already given given me what I needed, you know, the approval, and, and said, "Okay, that's good," you know. So yeah, I, I left. I didn't hang around to see. But one of the guys told me later that that he hung around down there for a while, and he said as they were leaving that day, and I just I called the guy up. We still stay in touch. He's retired now. He was the, the foreman that I talked to. I called him up earlier this week and was just talking to him, talking to him about some of this stuff. And he told me that day as they were leaving, he said the inspector man was still there. He said as they were leaving, he said there were some vehicles that come past them into the park. And he said they weren't marked. He said, I didn't know what to do. He said, because the park's not open. You know, they, they were told to lock the gate, you know, as they left. And uh, so he turned around and went back and said, before he could even get out of his truck, so the inspector come walking up and said, it's okay, they were me. And uh, told him, said, just lock the gate on your way out. So he did. He said, I didn't ask questions. You know, he said he'd worked there long enough to learn not to ask too many questions about things. You think those were like the two vehicles that you saw? I asked him when I talked to him because I was wondering about that. And he said, he said they were just, he said one was a car. But, uh, he said, yeah, they were just 
plain, new, nice-looking cars that, that drove by, you know. So I don't know. Uh, after, after a few years, I got to noticing a lot of strange things going on around that place. And, you know, I learned also not to ask questions. But well, there was- I did go into our office one day, and I'm, I'm looking through the file cabinets, and I can find files for things I had written, you know, three years earlier. I can find our copies of it. But where I should have found the files for the report that I filled out for that woman seeing the monkey, it wasn't there. There was no file for it. There was no nothing for it. You heard there were some strange things happening at other locations, right? Well, was that I dropped my phone by the time you started talking. (laughs) (laughs) You heard heard about other incidents happening in other locations there too, right? Yes, sir. Uh, one of the other managers um, told me about filling out a report and finding people, um, armed people, that ran him off from there, you know, in that area where he filled out a report. Um, there was <clears throat> one of our work, work crews, which I didn't know a report had been filled out for the park next to or down the road from this particular part they were working in. <clears throat> I didn't know. I didn't find out until later there was a report filled out there by another manager. And uh, these guys heard, one of them told me it was automatic weapons fire. The other said, yeah, he's heard a bunch of shooting or firecrackers. One of the guys was a military veteran. He said that was automatic weapons. And he said it was in the woods up that hiking trail. And he said, I wasn't about to go up that trail, he said, but I never did see anything. Kind of a strange place and, for a lot of shooting to be going on. Yeah, especially it being an, an open park with a hiking trail. And now it was wintertime. You know, it was cold weather this time of year, so the parks didn't get a lot of use, you know. But still, you know, and that park that they were working in was an open park. You know, it, it it's open day use every day, mm-hmm. you know. So... But yeah, things like that happen uh, all the time. <laughs> and you, I remember you mentioned too that supervisor that uh, um, actually said that he would openly call you a liar if you brought that up, right? Oh yeah, he said you ever. That was the um, that was that uh, park ranger. Park ranger, yeah. And he said he he said uh, he, he got angry with me. He he said, look, he said, far as I'm concerned. None of this happened. I don't know nothing. He said, and if you say I did or didn't say something, he said, I'm going to call you a liar to your face. Nothing happened. Must have been quite a threat they made. Drove off. Yeah, must have been quite a threat they made to him. Well, All I remember him saying, I mean, he was nervous. I'd never seen him look like that. And I remember him saying, he said, look, I worked hard to get this job. I need this job. He said, I got kids to raise. So that's when he told me, he said, so look, you can say I said this or what. He said, I don't care. He said, I'll call you a liar to your face right now. I didn't say it. I said, okay. You know, hey, whatever, you know. Forrest but Chuck. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was something, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Forrest, Chuck, Tom, Before you guys have anything to weigh in? Oh, I'm sorry, Forrest. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying, where else have we heard these stories about the the 
cars showing up with uh, people and then everybody getting ordered out of the area. Well, it makes me I mean, think of Chuck and or, uh, makes me think of Joe and Walter not that long ago. They had an almost identical thing happen in East Texas. Yeah. Well, didn't T.W. actually have something similar happen to him as well? He did. He had a direct confrontation with two of those guys. And he got suspended for, for well, you know, as a police officer, he got suspended for a couple of weeks. When I started, when I found your shows probably about six or eight months back, I started listening to them. I've heard you talk about this several times. And I got to, I would think back to when I worked there because at that time I had so much going on just with my job, you know. I just kind of brushed it all off. Okay, whatever, you know, weird shit happens, you know. Because there was even weirder shit that happened, not even having anything to do with that, that we had to deal with, you know, from the government, you know. So, but I, I, I don't work there anymore, and I haven't for a couple of years now, and I think back about things like that. Like, well, you know, that sounds an awful lot like, you know, when that happened, you know. And there was a building up there. I don't know what this building was. Some. One of the one of the park rangers told me one time said it's got something to do with the um, the um, wireless towers around there. Oh man, <laughs> I'm outside right now, and this guy on the motorcycle just went by. <laughs> but um, he said he said it has something to do with the wireless communications because the dam that dammed up this this project is connected to other dams, and you know they all function from one control center somewhere. You know, he said it had something to do with that. But there was a place up up the road, up the gate, there's a gated driveway, you know, locked fence and everything. There was a place where you drive up close to that building. You can see it. It's probably about 80 yards away. But it's just a concrete block building, you know, with antennas sticking out. As a matter of fact, there's a, there's a microwave tower behind there, you know. But uh, there's a big, big gully, big ravine back there, or down or along the edge of that property. Well, that's where they would have us dump debris, like tree limbs, grass clippings, um, things like that, you know. And there was a crew of guys that was their whole job was to, you know, pick up debris like that and carry it up there every day, you know. Well, one of them told me one time they pulled up there, they let themselves in the gate, they drove up there, and they said some guys come outside of that building, and that's the first time they'd ever seen anybody anybody there, stood there and watched them while they unloaded the truck and the trailer, and stood there and watched them until they drove off. He said, he said, I've never seen anybody at that building up there. I said, I haven't either. You know, I've been up there a bunch of times, you know. It's just a, a concrete block building with a door on the front and a door on the back. You know, probably about um, 40 by 60 foot, maybe, you know. And uh, never no windows on it at all. Hmm. Just concrete block building. A lot of electronic looking stuff, you know, cables going to it and into it and everything, you know. So, I'm, you know, like I said, I was told that was what it was. It had something to do with, the, you know, communications between different facilities on that river. You know, I said, okay. Well, it ain't none of my business. Matter of fact, that was one of the parks that we did not even take care of. I don't know who cut the grass around there, but it was well maintained. But it wasn't us. Interesting. Yeah, I'm just going to jump in real quick. Um, getting back to these vehicles, 
and that situation. Uh, there was another one that, uh, Will, you remember this, Lee, who used to be on the show quite a bit. And uh, he had a situation where he was he went into an area that now he knew that there was some activity going on, some very um, aggressive activity, probably an area where somebody had been uh, you know, taken or killed by one of these things. And two of the SUVs showed up. So, uh, I think six people on each got out. And they basically told him to leave now. And Lee's a little bit of a type A personality and somewhat argumentative. Just a tad bit. <laughs> and they, just a tad bit, yeah. And, uh, and so he got in an argument with them, and they said, look, we can call on some folks, and, uh, you know, it's going to get really rough for you. But he said— That's the description I would give to that part ranger, the type yeah. A personality, you know— um, He's never wrong. You're wrong. I'm not. I'm going to do that. I'm, you know that's that he. was him when he went in. When he come out, he was, he was he, he actually looked. I, I felt bad for him. He, he actually looked. He he'd got his butt chewed out about something. He, he, he got. You know? He walked out with a bit of a limp, right? Yeah. He he was white faced, yeah. you know, and 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 he was shaking. I, I was like. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Ain't nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. He's a, well, this, this never this happened. None of this ever happened. <laughs> his, his name is Lee. And he uh, he said as they were leaving, this uh, group of people were walking in, in double file. They're walking in step, you know, and, and uh, one of them even had to do a stutter skip. Uh, and uh, so he said they were definitely former military and uh, so it's the exact same situation, you know. Uh, so th there is apparently some interest out there with uh, some group that gets this information, and that's what they do is they deal with these uh, troublesome situations. Well, you know, that's something one of the guys said about those guys that were in the SUVs when they, they pulled over because the, he said they pulled around to, to the building they were going to work on, and those guys were parked on the – there's like a, a U-turn, like a U-bend, U-curve in the road, you know, where it follows the the shoreline. And said those guys were parked on the other side of that open area where they were fixing to work. And he said that the three of them that came and talked to them said they all had crew cuts. But they were wearing right. like polo shirts and, and khakis and, and stuff, you know. Really? He said he don't, he don't know how many people was there. But he said he saw two or three of them poking around in the wood line over there. That's the exact and, description that we have of another situation that we can't talk about. Hey, Tom, that's precisely that's you know, how uh, one of the guys that TW encountered was dressed and looked. Also, TW, yeah, we have another. This, there's a situation in Oregon like that, and uh, the guy showed up in an area with a missing person, and uh, in the midst of a SAR team. And he had like dockers, khaki dockers, uh, red polo shirt, and carrying a thirty odd six just so he could sort of blend in as a as a hunter. Didn't look like a hunter at all. So um, interesting, you know. This you guy these said that eating patterns that we see. This guy said he didn't. They never. None of them saw any firearms, you know, on those guys. But the way they walked up and started talking to them, in fact, one of the guys that. Worked with us. He had he had just gotten out of the military not too long before, and uh, he said, "Man, he said when that guy started talking, I felt like I was being chewed out by my gunny. You know, he'd been in the Marines, <laughs> and uh, 
And he said, <laughs> he said, I felt like I was being chewed out by my gunny. That's the way the guy acted and talked, you know. And uh said he was gray headed with a real close crop crew cut. And uh said the other two were a little younger and so they just kinda stood there and kept their mouth shut, didn't say anything. They probably he just waited was, till you guys probably waited till he, you guys left so they could go pop the trunks and pull all their weapons out. That's that's I wonder about that myself because by just looking back now at how long it was before we saw them drive past us, they were in that park for about an hour. Well, uh, well you know, the two guys at TW encountered. Maybe a little bit longer. He had a few run-ins with them. In fact, he actually got to be kind of friends with one of them. Uh, but he took a picture of the SUV they were driving, and he ran the plates. And I have I have a copy of that picture. And the plates came back, and as a police officer can do that, uh, they came back Homeland Security. Hmm. <laughs> well, did you know that up here in North Alabama, and uh, right outside of Anniston, Alabama, it used to be Fort McClellan, a military base? Oh, yeah, I remember well, that. Well, they closed that base back in uh, 1994 or 95, somewhere yeah. along in there. They closed the base down. Now, part of it is still used as a National Guard training center for the state of Alabama. Mm-hmm. But a big part of it is part of Homeland Security now. I don't know what they do there. I just know I've been there since then, you know, several years ago, just riding around. You can't even get over to certain parts of that place now. They got it blocked off, Department of Homeland Security, big fences with Barbara on top and everything, you know. And there's one big building out there with a lot of SUVs parked around it. So, oh, that's you know, interesting. I don't know what goes on there. Yeah, it, but you can look it up. It's it's part of Homeland Security. Uh, oh, they say it's a training facility. Sure. for Homeland Security. That, that's an easy label. <laughs> Chuck, you have a building that it's in. Go ahead, Forrest. I was just going to say I'd sure be curious to see if uh, there was any missing people in those areas. I just always you know, think about it. and I, I can't remember the incident, and you may be familiar with the Tracy. I uh, remember the young man, uh, it was in the South, but I don't remember what state it was, whether it was South Carolina, uh, Al- Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi. It was somewhere down there. Uh, he was working on a road crew, and um, he was the last one in line, and uh, they, were, they were a survey road crew, and he just flattened. They turned around, they were like talking to him, and then he was gone. And they found um, on the barbed wire fence that ran alongside the, the, the road there, they found a piece of his blue jeans on there. And I think one of his boots, like it had pulled, like he'd been pulled, like he had been pulled through the, the barbed wire fence and tore his blue jeans and then. Uh, one of his boots came off, and the other boot they found in the woods. And I remember um, that. I heard that too. Yeah, I, I, uh, I heard. I heard a story similar that. to that. I, I heard a story similar to that years ago. It sounded like it, I, I believe I was told it happened in Georgia. Yeah, it, um, it may have, but you know, it just. I just wondered if uh, you might have had similar incidences up there in that area too, because. Um, don't y'all find it strange that they just 
uh, something, I just feel like something else must have happened other than the woman seeing a monkey. You know, I've heard um, a lot of that land around what the Corps of Engineer owns is private-owned property. And the only thing that I've definitely heard was a man said, a, a man said something jumped out and beat him up when he was walking along the fence line coming from a hunting trip, you know, walking back up to his truck. And he said something jumped out and beat him up, and he managed to get away and ran to his truck. He said it sounded like four or five something and others was following him through the woods till he got to his truck. But uh, he ended up going to the hospital for that, and I think had a broken arm and uh, pretty bad injuries upside his head. Where he said he said he was walking along and something just come out of the bushes and knocked him down. And uh, that's the only story that I've heard, you know, definitely about that. But there is a lot of land around that project where I work. So and there's there's areas that I haven't been to since I worked there because it's. From where I live, actually, probably close to 100 miles away. You know, it's just not where I normally go, or you know, near where I normally go. Um, well, T, I got, I got a real quick, quick question for you. On the uh, on the night of your your encounter, uh, when this thing, when you pulled out your gun and and fired some shots, did these things just? How fast were they when they were leaving? I mean. And the reason why I asked that question is because I've seen I've seen one that turned and was gone in a split second, like nobody's business. It's the fastest I've ever seen something move. Honestly, they they were moving fast. I can't. To me, time stopped. You know. I say it took me a couple of seconds to clamber up off the totes that I had fallen back up against and was laying on because I was literally laying on my back on, on you know, two, two stacked high of plastic totes. <clears throat> I say it took me a few seconds. It could have taken five seconds for me to clamber up. It could have taken me 10 seconds. But I know as soon as I got my feet under me, that's when I saw him take off running past the door where I saw it because I only knew of the one at that time. And when I stepped two steps over in front of the door, that's when the lightning flashed and I could see three others. One was coming from definitely he'd been up around the front of the vehicle. Uh, The other two had been towards the rear of the vehicle somewhere because they were kind of close together catching up to the one that I saw, and the other one was coming from the front of the vehicle, and he was actually running straight for the wood line. So it looked like they were going to intersect, you know. But as far as how fast they were going, I really, I really couldn't say. They were moving fast enough so that I think they probably hit the wood line before I even fired my first shot. Um, and, and I don't know if you ever. I don't know if you ever fired a 45 in an enclosed area, but that first shot, the the concussion off of it, it rattled my brain around for a few seconds, you know, and I'm just steadily squeezing the trigger. Uh, they'll so, do that. 
Hey, listen, guys. Yeah, that, I think we're we're running a little short on time. We're gonna I think we're gonna uh, call it a show at this point. But um, Mr. T, this was absolutely probably the most fascinating encounters we have. It's an excellent, excellent story and uh, multiple, multiple situations. So, uh, and we talked about the uh, SUVs and, uh, you know, the government uh, potential involvement. Um, and see, that's what I'm really curious about now, because I I think back now I possibly was helping cover shit up. Uh, you know? I bet you were. So, and, if folks, you if, know. You want to, if you want to listen to these, um, just Google William Jevney YouTube. That's what we are. We're not, we're not Creek Devil YouTube. We're William Jevney YouTube. And if you scroll down towards the bottom of the videos, uh, I believe starting at episode uh, probably 25 and 24, 24, 25, and going all the way through episode 27, you can hear some fascinating stories. Um, so if you appreciate it, if you like the show, we would like to know that it helps us a bunch. Click the like, and if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a, uh, another show coming up. And uh, we, we sometimes put out as many as three in a week, so you want to be sure and catch that. Also, if you want to support us directly, you can do that. There's a link in the YouTube description for Patreon, and you can actually support us for as little as a dollar a month. So with that said, I want to thank everybody for hanging in there. And... Uh, I think you'll agree this is one of the more interesting episodes. So um, that's it for now. And uh, we're going to move on to our next uh, next part of the show. T, we really appreciate you coming on. And thanks for contacting me. We hadn't talked in years, but I uh, really appreciate it. I appreciate you. You've enlightened me to a lot of things. So, And, and, absolutely. and I will keep be keeping in, up with keep you. Keep in so. contact with us. Yes, sir. And Chuck, I, I talked to Chuck for a good long while a few days ago, and uh, I don't want to tell him I really appreciated those photos he sent me. Uh, I'm, those, those are really interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chuck's got some interesting well, stuff. Anytime. All right, everyone. We're going to wrap. So, uh, T, thanks again, and everyone, thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. And y'all all have a great day now. Take care, T. Bye, T. And I will be keeping up with you. Keep in contact with us. Yes, sir. And Chuck, I I talked to Chuck for a good long while a few days ago. And uh, I I don't want to tell him I really appreciated those photos he sent me. Uh, Those those are really interesting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Chuck's got some interesting stuff. All right, everyone. We're going to wrap. So, uh, T, thanks again. And everyone, thanks for joining us. Yes, sir, and y'all all have a great day now. Take care, Bye, T. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Creek Devil. If you or anyone you know has had an encounter with these creatures, please contact us at williamjevning at yahoo.com. That's William, J-E-V-N-I-N-G, at yahoo.com. All communication is confidential. Join us for another program next week. And until then, keep your eyes open out there.